0: We are the narrator's three, Elisa, Lynn, and Chell, and this is Once Upon a Rewatch. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 2, Episode 7, Child of the Moon. The original air date was November 11, 2012. The writers are Ian Goldberg and Andrew Chambliss, and the director is Anthony Hemingway. Hemingway has been a director on many TV shows such as Battlestar Galactica, The Wire, Heroes, True Blood, Treme, Shameless, and Unsolved, The Murders of Tupac, and The Notorious B.I.G. This is his only Once Upon a Time episode. The title card is Red Riding Hood. Also, hey y'all, last week was the 10th anniversary of Once Upon a Time's pilot premiere. So happy anniversary Once Upon a Time. And I guess that would make this week the 10th anniversary of the thing you love most so i guess happy anniversary to the horse murder episode
1: rude (laughs) this show and horse murder
0: i know all right so we begin in storybrook where the seven dwarves are busy in the mines when happy says it's quitting time and the first round is on him leroy resists leaving the mines despite the others insisting he is tired and needs a break Suddenly, Leroy breaks through a wall of stone with his pickaxe and tumbles into a lower cavern. Well, oh, oops. We flash to the sheriff's vehicle. Sirens blaring as David, Henry, and Mother Superior rush to the mines.
2: This is such a dinky-ass town. Those sirens and lights and level of speed is completely unnecessary. Charming, you're gonna hit a stroller or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's like three other cars on the road and they're all parked. <laughs> Happy meets them and shows them to the lower caves, where the rest of the dwarves are standing in awe at the glimmering diamonds. Mother Superior surmises that the magic brought them, and these are the kind of diamonds that can be ground and refined into fairy dust. She urges David to lock up Jefferson's hat to keep it safe, as she predicts within 24 hours they will have enough magic to get that hat to work again. Henry and David are elated to be so close to bringing back Emma and Mary Margaret. The town is celebrating at Granny's Diner. Billy, the tow truck driver from an earlier episode, approaches Ruby and reveals to her who he was in the Enchanted Forest. He tells her he was a mouse named Gus who lived in Cinderella's Pantry. At this point, I've had Billy for 30 seconds and he immediately became my favorite character because he's adorable.
2: He's Gus Gus (sighs) that like... Oh my god. That just like, I'm like, oh my god, I love you, Gus Gus.
1: (laughs) Plus, it doesn't hurt that he kind of looks like Raleigh Richie.
2: He does. Who's that? Jacob Anderson? Um, Played Grey Worm in
1: Grey (gasps) Ameth. Oh,
0: he does look like him. And he has a
1: real good music career that is full of fucking bops if you haven't listened to it. I do know that, yeah.
0: He's so
2: good. I love him. He's so good. He's dreamy and talented. Yeah. And so is Jared Joseph plays Billy.
0: Yes, he's adorable. I need to go watch whatever else he's in because I love him. Well, you'll find out later later this episode. It's true. On Once Upon a Guest Star. (laughs) Billy knows Ruby but wants to get to know Red and asks to buy her a drink after her shift. But seeing Ruby hesitate, Belle interrupts and tells Billy that they already planned a girl's night out. Billy gracefully accepts and departs. A grateful Ruby thanks Belle, who says she can always spot a girl in trouble. Ah, gals being pals. (laughs) I love these two. In
2: almost every Land Without Magic AU rumble fit, Belle and Ruby are best friends and they do make a great ship as well.
0: Belle is kind of straight up flirty in this scene and like, I see you girl. I know your type. There's a trend here. (laughs) I mean, the theme of this
2: season is buy panic to buy pride. It's true. It's true.
0: When Belle casually remarks that Billy seemed nice, Ruby distractedly replies, It is complicated as she walks off. Henry is sitting alone in a booth when charming Grandpa Himbo notices he is drinking coffee instead of his usual hot cocoa. Accurately guessing that Henry is trying to stay up to avoid his nightmares, David promises Henry that he will be right in the next room. Henry is noticeably relieved and at his grandfather's urging, goes to swap his coffee for cocoa.
2: I wish my dad was charming. I don't.
0: Ma'am, your fiance
2: is sitting right there. She's in a different room. <laughs> it's okay. I know where I stand. Oh, oh, do you
1: want, do you want to go with this with person who was holding my hand and pervert giggled at Megara when we were at Disney two nights ago while <laughs> holding my hand? Uh oh. She flirt yeah. waved at us. And she just goes, huh, huh,
2: huh.
1: <laughs> and I'm just like, I am standing right here. <laughs> I'm sorry, babe. You are not. But then we met Dr. Facilier. But more importantly, then we
0: met Donald.
2: (laughs) This is true. That's true.
0: I really know where I stand. (laughs) The loves of Lynn's life are number one, Donald Duck. Number two, the moon. And number three, Gerard Way. And then me, hopefully. (laughs) Maybe. Sometimes. Sometimes. I've just
2: known them longer. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's fair. It's fair. I like that the moon is number two. The moon is her girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. I can't argue with that.
1: And I actually probably was aware of Donald Duck before I was aware of the moon.
2: <laughs> I mean, same. So
1: you know, if we're going, we're going in the order that I fell in love. <laughs> I fell in love first with Donald Duck, then with the Moon, then with Gerard Way,
0: then with charming Grandpa Himbo. But sadly, the celebration is disrupted when Albert Spencer, aka King George, appears, taking Henry's seat across from David, Sir. You can just fuck right off. I'm like, get out of here,
1: dickbag. Go choke on a dick, Caleb from the OC.
0: Albert Spencer still holds a grudge against David for defying him in the Enchanted Forest and believes him to be a shepherd pretending to be a prince. Unfit to run the story,
1: And you're a baby-stealing, force sterilizing piece of shit. You wanna go, Gramps? I hate him. the worst also he wouldn't last 10 seconds against charming so i'm like okay okay yeah
0: (laughs) i think the people of storybrook might disagree with you charming retorts the former king swears that soon the town will see david is not fit to lead anymore making the prince wish that he had killed george when he had the chance nonchalantly david gets up from the booth saying the people of this town know who i really am and they've seen me defeat you before so if you want to try to take me down they'll see it again. Damn, that charm is so hot right now. Meanwhile, Ruby and Granny are preparing for the first night of the wolf's time since the curse was broken. Ruby's magical cloak is missing, and it has been 28 years since she last shapeshifted, and she is not sure that she can control her wolf form anymore. To be safe, they seal her up in the freezer at Granny's.
2: I love our sweet himbo who is like, I know you. I trust you. You're a good person. You're not going to kill anyone. Like, bless your heart, you sweet dumb man. That is not how werewolf works. You didn't see a dozen pieces of Peter scattered across the snow.
1: He just wants to believe
0: the best in people. Bless him. In a flashback to the Enchanted Forest... Red Riding Hood and Snow White have struck off on their own, not long after Red discovered that Granny had been lying to her and that she's actually a werewolf, which resulted in Peter's death. They have been running through the woods, away from the evil queen's soldiers. Snow spies her wanted poster for the very first time. (laughs) She's all like,
2: how dare she? But also, I look really good. Maybe if I get married one day, I'll copy this look. (laughs) (laughs)
0: This is the best. (laughs) It's so true. Oh. When me and
1: Elisa rewatched this for the podcast. I seriously just sat there angrily gesturing at the TV for like a full three minutes, hissing "wedding dress" <laughs> under my breath. Like, come on, it's like they don't even care. <laughs>
2: I'm just I'm just gonna assume that because she saw it first, she was like, Yeah, this this is this is a good look for me.
1: You're really gonna yeah, let them looks off looks easy good. like that. You're really that gonna cover great. up for their blatant lack of care by trying to give them a get out of jail free card. Oh no. no, 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 no.
2: I'm giving credit to Snow <laughs> for being mm. for just being like, you know, darling.
0: Yeah, she <laughs> was abandoned in the woods. She didn't have a mirror. So all she had for a long time to look at herself was like her wanted posters. So she's like, Yeah, that's a good look yeah there you go i still can't
1: believe you guys are gonna let these people go on this she (laughs) hung one
0: up in her horrible continuity and every day she just like fixed her hair while like looking at the poster and is like oh (laughs) good enough (laughs)
2: lord
0: (laughs) this is like the boy meets world
1: joke where there's just the potato picture inside of his locker (laughs) oh my god it's the best (laughs) joke what? There's a gag in Boy Meets World where the one character, instead of having a mirror inside of his locker, just has a picture of a potato taped up.
0: Yeah, it's Mr. Potato Head. In fact, is that um? Like what Corey, he looks? It's like. Corey Matthews. Okay, oh, it is Corey. Okay, well, I was like, going to say, is it Corey? It's like Topanga looking at her hair and yeah, like John looking at him, his like hair. Checking <laughs> themselves
1: in their mirrors, and that it's just Corey like a just potato a picture.
0: picture. Potato Aww, <laughs> it's, so good. It, it's
1: an it's an A plus gag, honestly. So good.
0: In the forest, more soldiers pop out of the shrubs to ambush them, but Red and Snow are able to successfully hide. As Snow angrily frowns at her wanted poster, Red notices that her red riding hood has been torn, and she does not know if this will affect her transformation. Snow says that she trusts Red, but they agree to split up. They agree to meet again the next morning by the stream, before embarking to find a suitable shelter for them both. Red wonders why Snow is being so kind to her after the carnage she witnessed. Snow reassures her that they are in this together and that the wolf is not who Red really is. As Red pulls up her hood and takes off, we see they are being watched by a young man with glowing eyes. Hot boy, 10 o'clock. We return to Storybrooke where Granny is entering the diner and makes a beeline for the kitchen where the freezer door is busted on the floor. There are claw marks all over the steel walls and no ruby in sight. Meanwhile, Henry is trapped in his fiery nightmare, calling for help as he is surrounded by a blazing inferno. He spies a young woman across the room from him, but is woken up by Regina before he can communicate with her.
1: Why does the nightmare fire dimension have a light-up disco floor? Like, I'm sure there's a disco inferno joke to be made here, and I'm just too lazy for it, (laughs) but I want to know why. Mm -hmm. Burn, baby, burn. Disco
0: inferno.
1: But why? Why? I found a sandwich in the park and it had no bay on it and I want to know why.
2: I just don't know, babe. I'm sorry. I do not have these uh, the answers that you seek.
1: Why will once upon a time never answer my hard-hitting questions? I've been writing them a letter a day for ten years.
0: <laughs> Maybe uh, they'll open the mailbox in honor of the anniversary. <laughs> just
1: tumble out my shit storm I've been sending them.
0: As Henry is confused by Regina's presence, she explains that David was called away on an emergency and reached out to her to watch over Henry. She gently touches his hand, only to have Henry recoil in pain as his hand is mysteriously burned. At which point she's not gentle with his hand. Like, Regina, be more gentle! He's only little and he's hurt. I
1: know. She's like, Henry, you're burned. And like wrenches his hand <laughs> over. And it's like, dude, maybe don't manhandle the kid with the fresh injury. Like, I understand your concern, but. But you're getting violent and you're not helping. looks like it really hurt. <laughs> no, Quick, the get
2: period. the aloe plant.
1: <laughs> and instead, she's just like, let me twist your third degree burn and make it better. And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> no ma'am. No, no,
0: no. She has much to learn. David and Granny are searching through the forest for Ruby, finding her asleep in the woods outside of town. When Ruby awakens, she has no memory of her night as the wolf. As she begins to panic, David reassures her that there is no reason to assume the worst. His cell phone begins to buzz. There is a car doubled parked at the cannery that David needs to inspect on their way back into town. Back in the enchanted forest, Red wakes up to find her hood has worked! She goes to the stream to freshen up, putting her hood down on the ground nearby. Suddenly, a young man snatches her riding hood and runs off with it. Jackass wolfman stealing a lady's cloak. Not cool.
1: Yeah. Be a complete dick to a girl and steal her property. The classic meet cute. Look at this ass hat.
0: Doesn't he know the way to meet cute is to try to steal the same thing together?
1: Exactly. <laughs> steal an already stolen car. Exactly. Aww. I wish Neil was here.
0: Me too. Yeah
2: i don't like quinn i mean he's cute but stupid
0: he's a tool i'm just gonna say it quinn the werewolf has big august energy like the actor even kind of reminds me of of eowen is that his name eowen ian 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 or owen i forget
1: yeah quinn has big um actually energy yeah and i am way too tired for that nonsense
0: way too tired Red chases after him, pleading with him to return it when he holds it near a torch. He taunts her, revealing he knows she is a wolf. Red attacks him, but he easily overwhelms her, revealing that he, too, is a wolf. He explains that he picked up on her scent and correctly surmises that no one talked to her or prepared her for being a wolf. He has been where she is at, the unintentional killing, the blacking out, but that there is a way to take control of the wolf within, so she need not ever be afraid again. Red follows him back to a secret underground lair hidden in the forest. There, he introduces Red to a woman named Anita, who claims to be Red's mother. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. We return to Storybrooke, where David drives up to the cannery, and Ruby instantly recognizes Billy's truck. Granny, David, and Ruby get out of the sheriff's car and David knows something is off. Ruby, Dee, and Granny use their heightened senses to explore while David examines the truck. The trio find Billy's mutilated body, torn apart, his upper body under the truck, his lower half in a dumpster.
2: Dude, dude, how are you gonna do Gus Gus dirty like this?
0: This is the worst. And I I am mad about this forever. It's been nine years. I'm not over it. I'll never forgive them. No, Poor Billy. Like, I I really wish he had a chance to be a regular on this show because he's adorable. And like, I love Gus Gus the Mouse. And this like Mouse Man concept was precious. And I am upset forever. And I've also realized that this is episode seven. So now episode sevens officially have a trend of killing off handsome men who were good people. Because... Season one, episode seven, we lost Graham, and we'll miss you forever, stupid handsome Graham. Too good for this world. And now we're at season two, episode seven, and we've lost Billy. We hardly got a chance to know you, adorable mouse man Billy. And I am sad. I'm, I'm sad. sad. I have words. There for yeah, later.
2: We
1: all do. We have we have words at the end about there's about a trend.
0: This. There's a trend, mm-hmm. and I'm not happy mm-hmm. about it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. mm Mm-mm. 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 Meanwhile, Henry is showing his burnt hand to Mr. Gold, who Regina had called to the loft. What Henry experienced was not a dream, but a side effect of the sleeping curse. It's remarkable you cast a curse you know so little about, he snarks at Regina, who replies that her victims are not meant to wake up. She never gave a damn until now.
2: Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions.
1: Elisa. Hey what a sad trombone noise here.
0: I'm gonna Sorry.
1: assume you did it. Thank
0: you. I did it. I Thank did you. it for you, my love. Mr. Gold further explains that when people fall asleep under a sleeping curse, their soul travels to another world where it resides until awoken, a world between life and death and disco. Thanks. <laughs> Despite the curse being broken, the victims find their way back to the netherworld in sleep. While it is impossible for Mr. Gold to prevent Henry from astral yeeting himself into the netherworld in his sleep, he mixes a concoction in a vile amulet, which allows Henry to control his actions whilst in that in-between world. Mr. Gold explains that once Henry controls the journey, the fear will stop and then he may come and go as he pleases. Henry opens his hand to accept the amulet, but Regina stops him to ask the price. For a house call, Rumpelstiltskin smirks, you couldn't afford it. But since this magic is for Henry, it's courtesy of Mr. Gold.
2: Mr. Gold's enduring love for Henry fills my soul with wholesome joy. It's very sweet.
1: I really like that we're getting back soft dad energy gold. Like him being soft with Henry is always so sweet. He's just like... You can get fucked, Regina, but this kid is good. Right. (laughs) Which is fair.
0: In a less heartwarming scene, we have Ruby hysterical as she is convinced that she, as the wolf, killed Billy. But David refuses to doubt his friend the way he once doubted Mary Margaret. Despite David's resolute faith in her innocence, Ruby reminds him that she will turn into a wolf again that night and insists on being locked away at the sheriff's stations. Not as much for her safety as for everyone else's. We then return to the Enchanted Forest of the past, where Anita and Red are having a heart to heart. Red is weighed down with the knowledge that Granny further lied to her, this time about her mother being killed by hunters. Anita reveals that Granny stole Red when she was a baby because she did not want Red to discover the truth about her wolf nature. Anita says that Granny believes the wolf is something to be ashamed of, but Anita sees it differently. She says that many wolves spend much of their lives suppressing the wolf, with no idea how to control it. But the only way to control the wolf is to accept it as part of oneself. Red is eager to begin her lessons, prompting Anita to challenge Red to rid herself of the Riding Hood. Red hesitates, but let it drop to the floor before embracing her mother. So, like, while all this is happening,
1: Snow is just sitting alone in the woods somewhere. Like, um... Hello. Huh,
2: poor Snow. Like that sucks, man. <laughs> She's like, um, I know she doesn't like Red. Um, doesn't even stop to think. Oh my god! Wait a minute! I have to go get my friend. <laughs> it literally yeah.
1: never crosses her mind that yeah. she just left her somewhere.
0: I mean, I guess it's pretty shocking to find your mother you thought was was dead, but still, poor Snow.
1: Snow has Snow. been your ride or die through so much of this wolf shit, and you're just like Snow who? Snow who? Who? Who is that?
0: I don't think I know anyone named that. You know, if this was a Jane Espenson episode, I bet Red would have cared about Snow in this moment. If this was a Jane
1: Espenson episode, a lot of things would be better. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah. Back in Storybrooke, David locks Ruby into a cell, saying she will be safe there for the night. Ruby thanks him. David replies, thank me in the morning. By then, I'll have found whoever really killed Billy. David puts the keys to the cell
2: in his desk and not on him this beautiful himbo listen
1: listen he's hot not smart he
2: tries really hard though
1: he does try really hard yeah
2: but he is hot he is nothing if not earnest he is
1: a textbook definition of a himbo yeah and it's why we love him so no is the brains of this operation and she's not here, so no. mistakes will be made yeah.
2: repeatedly.
0: Yeah, now Henry's the brains of this operation, but David doesn't and let him help out that little. much. He's only little. He's only little. He's
2: got a burn.
1: Yeah. And his mom won't stop manhandling. <laughs> he's got a boo-boo.
0: Yeah. And his mother is no help. <laughs> Just then, George, a.k.a. Albert Spencer, arrives and says he's already caught the killer calling Ruby the she-wolf. David orders Spencer to leave, but the older man accuses David of protecting Ruby out of friendship, putting everyone in the town in peril. Spencer wants David to hand Ruby over to him so he can take her in front of the townsfolk and allow them to decide her fate. Charming refuses. You want her? You have to go through me.
2: Ah, perfect Charming.
1: Charming charming is the absolute best, and... I know I basically said it before, but I love that this dude is out here chest puffing. Like he'd last five minutes against him. Like, okay, pal, go take your Metamucil. It'll be all right. <laughs> You're getting worked up, Grampy. You know how you get. Let's go take your meds, Grandpa. You just mix it into your glass of water for you and put Matlock on.
2: <laughs> get your cardigan on. It's gonna get chilly.
1: <laughs> you know how you get when you get chilly. You aren't yourself. See, his blood sugar is low. That's why he's so grouchy. (laughs) You're not yourself when you're hungry. You need a Snickers. (laughs)
0: Snickers, please sponsor us. (laughs) We return to the enchanted forest of the past, where Anita is training Red to get in touch with her inner wolf. With her wolf brothers and sisters by her side, Red is running through the forest under the moonlight, accepting herself. Okay,
1: so I want to let Ruby just have this, but I would be remiss if I didn't point out how bad the CG wolves are just just get real wolves like that's that's a thing you can do it's not like ruby turns into a dragon and runs around with other dragons wolves are a real thing
2: just get wolves CG wolves never look good they, they probably called over at a, the game of thrones set and the game of thrones guys talked them out of it because I know that the wolves were notoriously difficult to work with
0: but they would have looked good yeah well, I mean, Absolutely. look at "Hard as a Lonely Hunter." They had a CG deer. Yeah,
1: that was <laughs> really something. Maybe no more CG animals when you can just get the damn animal.
2: I also love, like, I was like, "Oh, this is overnight." No, this is like some weird virtue reality hallucinogenic kind of tripping balls session. It's not even real.
0: It's real weird, <laughs> is it not? I thought it was overnight. No, that's what? the no.
1: It's true. Oh my God. I forgot. No, that is true. Because then when Snow actually finds her, she was like, I couldn't find you this yeah. morning. Yeah. So there's the implication that it's the same day. I just, I just assumed they were lazy. And we're like, we there's a lot we of this episode. Continuity, that is, um, but very lazy. That would take effort.
2: Effort. Yeah. So everything effort. is the
1: same day, but somehow night happens twice. <laughs> it's fantasy. She's Ooh. in her wedding dress and her wanted poster.
0: <laughs> it's fantasy. Anita and the rest of the pack eagerly await for Red to awaken from the quickest, most effective hypnotherapy session ever. Red is overjoyed to discover that she remembers every minute of her wolf time. She is no longer afraid.
2: Yeah, you're, your virtual reality wolf time.
0: In Storybrooke, Spencer incites a mob to storm the police station and seize Ruby. He pins the blame squarely on David, saying that if David will not protect him, then he will. And boy, this town sure does love an angry mob. Who is anyone in this damn scene? There's
1: no one here who has ever been in this show before. Like, there goes Caleb from the OC with the story rejects, I guess. What a (laughs) crackerjack team.
0: It's like uh, Regina's crew in episode two and season one where it's like who 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 are any of these people they're the fucking f team i guess yeah maybe these people are those those uh villains from regina's circle in the real world dun 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 random old man shortly
2: <laughs> <laughs> blind witch that is not not emma caulfield
0: not yeah and emma caulfield. <sighs> the angry mob burst into the sheriff's station, but Ruby is already gone. David and Granny have brought her to Belle, who has agreed to hide her in the library. David says that the only way the crowd will back down is if they prove Ruby had nothing to do with Billy's death. Suddenly seized with an idea, David says he will need Granny's help and asks Belle to call him if the mob heads for the library. Back in the enchanted forest, a noise abruptly awakens the sleeping pack. Believing it to be hunters, The pack scatters in the hiding and waits for the intruders to reveal themselves. However, it is only Snow White, who has tracked Ruby to the den. Quinn grabs her, but Red insists Snow White is a true friend who stood by her even after she killed Peter.
1: Yeah, just your friend who you literally left all on her
0: own in the woods. It's chill. Anita orders Quinn to release Snow, and Snow says she thought the Queen's men had killed Red but followed Wolf's tracks to the den. Snow realizes that Red does not intend to leave the kingdom with her, as she has found her mother and her pack. Snow White graciously understands, saying she will manage. The young women hug fiercely, thanking each other.
2: Women supporting women is real and alive in this show, and I love Red and Snow.
0: I love their friendship so much. So much. Before Snow can depart, several of the Queen's soldiers burst in and fire an arrow which fatally wounds Quinn. Anita and the other wolves strike back and kill the intruders. Oh no, not Quinn. He was so pleasant. It it
2: really literally is kind of that Willy Wonka meme. No, don't stop.
1: don't stop. (laughs) That is how I felt. I was like,
2: oh, oh no. You were handsome, but a dick. That just
1: sucked. So, um, bye. Bye. Later days.
0: We return to Storybrooke, where Ruby urges Belle to leave as the moon is rising. Belle insists on staying so long as the chains hold, saying, think of it as a girl's night.
1: So, like, Belle have a type or what? Because it's getting kind of romantic in here. (laughs) It is. Yeah. I'm
0: like, oh. She likes
2: danger.
1: Yeah. She does, because, like, Ruby's all like, no, you don't know. I could hurt you. And Belle's like, Oh, I'll be fine, and I was like, "Whoa, all right."
2: <laughs> She's like, "Don't worry, what?" <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We'll establish a safe word. I, I like, I learned this. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, damn. Same Bell's first rodeo. Hello. No, uh, not at all. <laughs> She's like, "I might be estranged for my boyfriend, but I have, I have made notes."
0: <laughs> Something is not right with Ruby, though, as she backs away and says that although David wants to believe the best she is still a danger. Belle replies that no matter what Ruby might have done in her past, there is good in Ruby and everyone sees it. So why can't Ruby? Ruby relents a little only to shackle Belle so she cannot stop Ruby as she goes to turn herself over to the mob.
2: Okay, I'm going to pause right here. Like, I, I get what the writers are trying to go for with Ruby, but it does come off a touch gaslighting. Like, Ruby being a wolf has exactly nothing to do with her being a good person. It has everything to do with her believing the wolf is an acceptable part of herself. That isn't the message David and Belle are telling her, though. This whole storyline reminds me a bit of the Chris Rock bit in his show, Bigger and Blacker. It was shortly after one of the tigers mauled Siegfried and or Roy. And Chris said that the media portrayed the situation as if the tiger went crazy. And his punchline was, that tiger didn't go crazy. That tiger went tiger. If Ruby is going to wolf out and has not tested her transformation in a controlled environment, it is safe to assume there is a possibility she might be a danger. Like, it does not make her a bad person or like have the need to question her goodness. So I don't get why that is even brought into question, except that I'm not fond of these writers and they are fucking notorious for this. Like one does not have to do with the other kind of writing anyway.
0: Meanwhile, granny is using Billy's work clothes to track down a suspicious car. And she discovers blood in the trunk along with a hatchet and a Ruby's cloak. David takes a crowbar and smashes the window to search for a registration The car is Spencer's. This whole thing has been his revenge plot against David. A wolf howl startles him.
2: I love how lawless angry Sheriff Charming is just smashing up windows and breaking and entering into cars because what are laws in Storybrooke anyway when you have old fashioned enchanted mob justice going on?
1: To be fair, he is the law and also he is hot.
0: Very hot. He's hot and angry. Mm -hmm. I am too. I'm with him.
1: You You are also
0: hot and angry? I, I, I was just going angry, but I, I'll appreciate the hot. <laughs> Stop flirting, you two. Get back to the program. Back in the Enchanted Forest, the pack says a farewell to Quinn, and Snow apologizes. Anita blames Quinn's death on Snow White and has her bound so that Red can kill her and the wolves can eat her that night. Red stands her ground, refusing to kill her friend. So Anita decides to do the job for her. Anita turns into a wolf and stalks up to snow. But before she can pounce, Wolf Red attacks her mother. Anita screams as she is accidentally impaled. And I do not understand the physics of how Anita was impaled that way from Wolf Red just like pushing into her. I was like, that escalated quickly. I don't know how she got a pie to be on that thing like that. I I don't know. But this is, this is kind of a hella violent one. Like. Billy was ripped in half. Anita was like impaled, and like you saw the whole thing like for an extended period of time. Like Henry, Henry getting burned really badly. Yeah,
1: and then Regina manhandling him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this, is, this is violent. I, I, I just assumed that they can't afford Annabeth Gish. <laughs> so that's so like we can't afford you
0: coming back. <laughs> Sorry, we can't meet your quote for. You're too busy doing
2: legitimate TV
1: now.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone! It's a violent one. Yeah, this is a horror show. They wanted to eat snow. It is a Hannibal episode. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> da, da, dun.
1: Oh, you're always gonna bring it back to being a Hannibal episode, aren't you? Well,
0: if they keep trying to eat people, that's you know, yeah, that's fair. Snow White unties herself and quickly places the red cloak on Red, changing her back into her human form. A tearful, regretful Red apologizes to her mother who says red chose to know red says that she chose herself and she is not a killer anita dies <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry honey the way you said that it's like anita dies anita that's the way dies. i wrote it it's fine <laughs> it, <laughs> is mean, what it's, it is what move on there's no use crying over spilt milk bitch is like, dead let's go let's it sucks to add
0: on to red's trauma that she you know accidentally killed her mother like this poor girl but I don't know. Anita Let's tried. know why? She um. She got no sympathy for her. She tried. She tried to eat my my girl. So yeah,
1: I know. It's just. It was just funny. <laughs> Anita
0: died. <laughs> Anita died. Moving Anita on. <laughs>
1: Moving on.
0: <laughs> Moving on. She's a one shot character.
2: There we
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we need to spend on that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, technically, we spent like three times as much with her than we did Billy, and I'm much more upset about that. But Billy did nothing wrong. He was sweet, Billy and he was none. Gus Gus. He's Gus Gus. Anita tried to eat Snow White. She's fine to die. Oh no, she sucks. I
1: just (laughs) thought it was funny.
0: (laughs) We return to Storybrooke, where Spencer is leading the mob as they follow the howls of Ruby's wolf form. Oh no, the Storybrooke rejects are coming. They find her in an alley and corner her. Spencer raises a handgun, but Granny fires a warning shot from her crossbow just before Spencer can shoot Ruby. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Granny because of what we've discussed previously, especially in Red Handed, but this is a great moment for her. I was like, hell yes, Granny.
2: Yeah, I gotta say, like, Granny really, they really wrote Granny very well in this episode. She was hella supportive. She was really, you know, passionate about finding Billy's killer and clearing Ruby's name and, you know, and keeping her safe. Yeah, they
1: definitely, they definitely, it, it felt like damage control for some of the stuff that they pulled in Red Handed
0: yeah yeah part when they're i think they're they're looking for the car and then uh, she goes up to david and she's just like who's trying to hurt my ruby yeah exactly. I was just like yeah granny Yay. yeah and this is the this granny i wish we had always had. been mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i feel like granny is good from like this point out like i don't remember her like pulling any of that stuff after this yeah that we didn't like so i think she's better moving on i think this is her turnaround yeah David goes through the crowd, standing between Ruby and Spencer, explaining to the mob that the real killer is Spencer himself in an attempt to usurp David's leadership. Claiming that the wolf is merely scared, David braves the frightened wolf's wrath and helps Ruby regain control of herself as the wolf. He then lays her cloak over her, changing her back to human form. When a scream goes up from the crowd, they find Granny has been pushed over and Spencer is gone. David and Ruby track him to a nearby beach where they find him standing beside a fire. He admits to killing Billy, who he says was only a mouse.
2: You. Fuck you. Justice for Gus Gus.
0: Literally. Making Gus Gus an adorable, handsome man and then violently killing him off is so fucking awful. I'm upset forever and I already hated you, King George. But I hate you so much more. Spencer, I hate you. I hate you. Spencer is not interested in making a deal, as David initially believes. I just want to see the look on your face when you realize that you're never going to see your wife or your daughter again. Before David can stop him, Spencer throws the remains of Jefferson's hat into the flames, destroying his chance to get Mary, Margaret, and Emma. Distraught, David sucker punches Spencer and draws his gun on him. Trembling with rage and on the verge of tears, David manages to pull himself away from a smug Spencer and stare into the flames as it ravages Jefferson's hat into ashes. Charming is too goddamn good for this place. I know, he's so wonderful. And like, but do we ever get a follow-up on Spencer? Yes. Like, we do, okay. Cause like, I'm like, this dude just straight up murdered an innocent man. I mean,
2: in the sense that like, his character is not done you know what i mean like this is not the last time we see him like but she should be arrested yeah that i don't that i don't know i demand justice i know the, the mob is all riled up they should just toss him in i know tear him to pieces they it's just like, need like to uh,
1: point them in a different direction they'll be mm-hmm. like all right you're already worked up now go get that guy yeah mm-hmm.
0: just just uh it's no at the end of hunger games like thank your mobs there yeah 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 just point in a different direction Back in the Enchanted Forest of the Past, Red and Snow White bury Anita. Snow apologizes, throwing her arms around Red's shoulders as she laments. I'm so sorry. I know what it's like to lose your family. Red corrects her. I didn't lose my family today. I protected it. Warmed by her friend's sentiment, Snow thanks her friend. Red says that both her mother and granny wanted Red to choose between being a wolf and a human. But it was only Snow who believed Red could be both. The two women leave together, still friends. I love Snow and Red so much. Ruby
1: slash Red just has the most insane chemistry with every girl she interacts with. Like, dang, because uh, this scene was also pretty romantic.
0: <laughs> it was. It really was. It like, really was. There's so like,
1: Damn, that girl is a force of nature. <laughs> Hide your wife.
0: <laughs> Hide your wife. Hide your, wife. <laughs> Jimmy, Hide your she, wife. She's not met charming yet.
1: No. Oh. Well, yeah, no, she hasn't yet. So Mm-mm. no, it happens. In the enchanted forest stays in the enchanted forest.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, they're so cute. Back in storybrook Ruby and David check in on a sleeping Henry. David is distraught, thinking how he is going to tell Henry that he may never see his grandmother or mother again. Ruby is adamant that David will find another way saying she knows him well enough to know he will never give up and that he will not be alone. Ruby asks him to call Granny to let her know she left Belle chained up in the library and someone ought to go release her. Poor Belle,
2: just trying to have a girl's night with her new bestie. She literally cannot get a
1: goddamn break.
2: Although she probably wants to implement chains on a real girl's night i mean
1: she seemed into it into it
2: yeah she really did she was like oh we're doing
1: she was like it's okay we have chains and i was like where's this going (laughs) safe word safe word (laughs) remember it's so important to establish one before the fact
0: ruby takes off her riding hood and hands it to david as she is going to enjoy a run under the moonlight now in full control of her wolf side in the present day enchanted forest Aurora awakens from a nightmare calling for Mary Margaret who comes running to her side along with Emma. Aurora tells them that there was a little boy in her dreams who put out the flames and talked to her. His name was Henry. And he's a very good boy. And credits. All right so once upon a time we're gonna have a talk. I would like to ask you to stop introducing wonderful black characters like Lancelot and Billy, and then immediately kill them off before the episode is over. Like, please. I I would like more of these characters instead of just one off. This is this is upsetting. With this episode, I mean overall, I think I think Megan and Josh do have really stand out performances in this episode it's it's nice to see ruby getting another featured episode even if it's not as good as red-handed i'm also super proud of david in this episode charming is such a good good man and you know this episode had a lot of great little character moments but i'll never forgive them for killing billy he was adorable and i wanted to see more of him Um, And like we talked about a little earlier, this actor reminded me of Jacob Anderson, aka Raleigh Ritchie, who was my fave. So I I was, you know, doubly attached to him and, and doubly sad he was killed off, even though I knew it was coming this time. Yeah, honestly, Once Upon a Time has a real issue
1: with how they treat their meager smattering of POC characters. Like, pretty much you either get killed off or you are someone's literal property and it's bad i don't remember if this shitty trait continues into later seasons but it's a real problem in the first two and they really need to do better
0: i i checked on this and ian goldberg and and andrew chambliss also wrote fruit of the poisonous tree and lady of the lake so all three of these episodes do poc men dirty I, I i don't like that trend like hey writers do better Ooh, maybe don't
2: be a racist piece of shit y'all and i do have to say you know this is guest director anthony hemingway's only episode he is a man of color
1: maybe it's why it's his only episode yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe I,
2: he's like wow
1: fuck this
2: yeah because i thought the directing in this episode was actually really good and that was like, you know, it, it really tied in to like the good performances and stuff, you know? Yeah. Because
0: there are very good performances in this episode. And so I think you're right. Like the director, I think, got some really great character moments out of folks, especially Josh and Megan, I think really shined in this one.
2: Right. He's still a very much like working director. So I would not be surprised if the content of this particular episode turned him off from. Yeah accepting any more directing guest spots on once upon a time, because oh. I sh- sure as shit would be like, this isn't cool. And I don't like this.
1: Yeah, I would 100% not have blamed him. He was just like, okay, well, I'm out of here. And I never want to see any of you again.
2: Bye. Yeah, Ian Goldberg and Andrew Tramblis. Every time that like I start, you know, our, our show notes, and I see that it's an ep- it's one of their episodes. I'm always like, <sighs> here we go yeah here we go because it's so hit and miss Mm -hmm. and the misses are so egregious
0: yeah the misses Mm -hmm. are
2: unforgivable unforgivable yeah yeah
0: they're toxic yeah yeah they're most of them are on the bottom they
2: need to take the shame like really Mm -hmm. i think they they were like holdovers from lost i want to say And so I'd be, I'd almost be curious, almost, but I'd never really want to sit through another lost episode ever again in my life. Not because I hate the show. I don't, but because I just don't want to get sucked back in. But I, I I wonder like which episodes they, you know, had a hand in with that show. And if they were like also equally awful and problematic. <laughs> I mean, oh God, the fact that like Gus Gus died in such a violent way. Yeah. It's awful. Like. I mean, with a hatchet, I mean, Jesus, mm-hmm. like, what is, like, how, I don't I know. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Like, the days when Once Upon a Time decides that it is a show for adults, usually they're making good decisions or or spicy decisions, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But man, on the days where, like, they're like, I'm going to choose violence. I'm just like, oh. you know, it's never
0: it's very rarely, uh,
2: played off well.
0: Yeah. No, when they choose violence, they, they so often cross the line. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I'm like, go for sexy times. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's what we want. Let's
0: just have more of that, please.
2: More please. of that. Less, less hatchet time. Show, come on. I don't, and how could you introduce someone like so wholesome and like, Oh, we want, we want you to like really feel it and, you know, really hate this guy. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? We already hated this guy to begin with. Yeah,
1: like we, he's done enough that we already hated him. You
0: didn't yeah. need to pile on. He, he's sterilized snow. He was the reason Charming's mom was killed. Like, we don't need a reason to hate this guy. You don't need to introduce a character. I mean, it was, I feel like it was the equivalent of, you know, typically with a female character, you know, getting fridged to, yeah. to create man pain. It was, it was like that, except for, I guess, to create lady pain and and man pain but like it's such yeah. like a fridge like he he was written in here so you like him and so he can die. well violently.
2: here here's the thing like we've saw billy before
0: yeah uh, and it time. is
2: it's the same actor so
0: i i i get
2: that like you know they wanted to be consistent with the same actor But it's, it's also like, okay, well then maybe let's find another throwaway character. Maybe it could have been Anita. Like maybe Anita didn't have to actually die, you know, or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. Or Quinn or whatever, you know, like they could have carried over here and he could have killed Quinn instead.
0: You know what? I actually like that idea because that ties in the backstory more. Maybe Quinn's alive. Exactly. Ruby reconnect and then- Queen gets killed right more sense
2: it does because billy was like a good he was like a, a background character he was sweet and he was well acted like i i would be like man i want to hang on to this guy because he he knows how to act and he's good and you know we can just keep him on the back burner yeah. you know for when we need a gus gus you know because yeah. like i think that's kind of cute like having Having Gus like around, you know, like these, I say minor characters, but you know, these really like secondary little like animal sidekicks who kind of get like their moment in the sun, you know, yeah. kind of like, you know, like Jiminy, Yeah. He could do funny little things. Like it, it's cool. And I mean, and, he doesn't. Archie could
0: bond. Like
2: exactly. Hey, we're
0: people now. We were... were people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What is that like? You know? Oh, yeah. I thought it would have been so much better narratively if it had been Quinn. Yeah. I agree. We made your show better. We
1: fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, Quinn sucked anyway. So
2: please, please send your paycheck courtesy of Once Upon a Rewatch.
0: (laughs) There's a donate link on our anchor page. (laughs) Hey, Once Upon a Time. Give Ruby a better episode. Please. Next time. Please. For real, please. Thanks. I think what
2: irritated me a lot in this episode was that the wolves were really lame. Like, there was not a shred of badassery about them like werewolves are usually like oh they're cool you know they're like they're cool and red-handed yeah like like you felt the danger there and these guys are like lumpy cg wolves that feet don't touch the ground and uh, yeah and their human counterparts are like background players of some shitty like pirates of penzance <laughs> slash Renfair misfits who didn't get into a guild and they just decided well fuck you like they couldn't make their dues or whatever and so they're like well fuck it we're just gonna be over here in this mud pit like they remind me a lot of like how taika waititi made the werewolves in what we do in the shadows like how like they're they're kind of lame like you know we're we're werewolves not swearwolves and <laughs>
1: You just throw something off a building and they'll dive after it. Exactly.
2: Like, that's exactly the energy that these werewolves were giving to me. I was just like, you guys are fucking lame. Like, there was no emotional weight with Anita. These were the dumbest werewolves. Yeah, I, I mean, know. even... Yeah, they were the they're,
1: dumbest werewolves. they <laughs>
2: with the guards.
1: I've watched Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> And these were the dumbest werewolves I've ever encountered.
2: (laughs) Yeah. At least like, like, I mean, I've never seen or read Twilight, but like, I've seen, you know, clips of it and I've seen, um, like posters and things and like, they actually look like they could be werewolves. Like they're kind of beefy and you know, like they have a presence to them. You know, these guys didn't, especially with that shitty feather cape. (laughs) Yeah. I I... know.
1: Yeah. What, what? What exactly is it? They're like that background they, players they, in a
2: in a bad music yeah, video, fetters. or they're burners. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like definitely
1: a couple times it was like, "Here's their den." I'm like, "Oh." Oh no! I
2: mean, I mean, I mean, the whole man. oh man. Like, I'm I'm not gonna say the the slur word or anything, but like, there's a share song called "G Word Tramps and Thieves," and it's like if someone took that song and then this is the visual representation of it
0: all the feather earrings
2: all oh, the feather air oh jesus christ <laughs> like what does feathers have to do with werewolves
0: like Nothing. they eat they, they eat, eat the birds.
2: yeah they eat the and birds then they have the feather and
1: then they were like we have all these feathers now and i don't like, know.
2: waste not what not i guess
1: because <laughs> we don't have garbage cans out here in the forest
0: <laughs> so costumes so that darn feather cape on Anita <laughs> was not my favorite. And she had no. feather earrings. It was
2: it was not, it was like it distracted from the cool outfit she actually wore. Yeah, because
0: like her her bodice and, and skirt and stuff was was pretty cool, but they were like, what do wolves wear? Feathers. Feathers.
1: Um, like, <laughs> you know again, Eduardo Castro. Feathers. He he's loves got a feather. He's
2: got a feather fetish. I don't he, know what to say. He
0: loves those feathers.
2: I, I can DM him on Instagram and be like, yo, man, what's up with all the feathers?
0: <laughs> but I don't want to.
2: <laughs> He's kind of scary. <laughs> Although I do want to say he did just post very recently a shot of stupid, handsome Grant. And he said, Jamie Dorn, what a dream to work with.
0: Aww. So that's just. That's wonderful to hear. So, uh, Ruby's land with magic look was super cute.
2: Land with magic or land without magic?
0: Without magic. I mean, they're both <laughs> cute, but the one without magic was new. She looked Yes. Great. She always looks super cute. The land with magic, um, <laughs> she looked great too. I mean, of course, we've seen that outfit before and we've seen Snow's cloak here look before it's the same as red-handed but those two look so good i just i still love those two costumes so much
1: ruby and snow's looks were really good but they weren't really new i think the only new outfits we really got were the werewolves and i tell you i didn't care it was just yeah. all big 80s hair and knockoff off Jareth from the labyrinth outfits in there and like not even in a good way and i like the labyrinth and i still was like this isn't even in a good way why is this happening so Yeah, I didn't.
2: I didn't really get it. Yeah,
0: everyone's got shiny type pants. Explain it to me.
2: Yeah, everything was fairly forgettable.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have nothing to add. Do you think Anita was named after Was? Isn't there like Anita Blake? Yeah, Anita Blake. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's. I finally like the cut there
1: they're like oh we're being cheeky which it's i feel like, like
0: also explains right. like the leather pants like i never mm-hmm. read those books but i've heard about them and that 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 checks out oh, okay checks out they're like have you heard they're like i thought they were vampire books yeah because it's anita blake vampire hunter or whatever but isn't, they she have, have werewolves, in werewolves in them at points too Oh, okay.
2: I think
1: I, I never read them. Someone I'm no longer friends with because they suck. Shout out. Was obsessed with them. And I think it kind of did the true blood thing where like you kind of ran into everything at some point. And also there's a lot of boning. I knew that. Like I said, kind of did the true blood thing.
2: Okay. So, you know, as we're, as we're, uh, talking about this right okay and like the look and everything so according to the show creators adam horowitz and Ad- and edward kitsis the inspiration for this episode came from the rolling stones in particular the title child of the moon which came from the b-side to their single jump and jack flash the design of the den was based on the moroccan city marrakesh where the famous rock band spent some time in 1967 while awaiting a verdict on drug charges against them in their <laughs> homeland <laughs> This doesn't is, explain her pants that's that's very that's such a deep dive man I appreciate it you know I I mean that's that's the kind of like level of fanboying or fangirling or fan personing that I fucking love but okay. okay you're just like all right all right cool
1: sometimes all you can say is okay okay <laughs> For sure and sometimes all you
0: can say is who's that guest star
1: Oh
2: Oh, wow, flick, honey. (laughs) In which we talk about recurring cast members and guest stars. In season two, episode seven, we have Jared Joseph as Billy slash Gus Gus. Canadian actor Jared Joseph has enjoyed a a lucrative career, mostly on the small screen, on shows such as Chasing Mood, Fringe, The L.A. Complex, Arrow, Saving Hope, You Me Her, and The One Hundred. Ben Hollingsworth as Quinn. Ben Hollingsworth can be found in TV shows such as Cult, Code Black, Nancy Drew, Joe Pickett, and Virgin River. Lastly, we have Annabeth Gish as Anita. Though she is commonly thought to be related to the famous Lillian and Dorothy Gish, Annabeth Gish is a Gish of her own making. Her career began in the 80s with with cult classics, Mystic Pizza, and Shag. Her other films include SLC Punk, Wyatt Earp, and Nixon but she is best known for her roles on television in shows such as The West Wing, The X-Files, Brotherhood, Sons of Anarchy, Pretty Little Liars, The Haunting of Hill House, and Midnight Mass. So Elisa, where are we in this crazy timeline?
0: Oh, this one, this one, you just see because (laughs) I feel like I make a chain of episodes here. So sorry in advance. All right, so this episode's flashbacks... Follow pretty closely after season one, episode 15, Red-Handed, as we see Red and Snow on the run following the events of Peter's death, and the Queen's men are hot on their trail. We also have Megan still playing Red as much younger than the Ruby we know now. The episode we next see the friends, Snow and Red, chronologically, is season one, episode 10, 7.15 a.m., But in that episode, Red visits Snow in the woods, and Red and Snow discuss Snow's feelings for Charming, and those developed in Episode 3, Snow Falls flashbacks. And Snow Falls follows the end of Season 1, Episode 6, The Shepherd. So it goes Season 1, Episode 15, Red-Handed, then Season 2, Episode 7, Child of the Moon, then season one episode six the shepherd then season one episode three snow falls then season one episode 10 7 a.m phew all right makes sense makes sense uh sure <laughs> all right next time on once upon a rewatch Cora does everything in her power to steal the compass away from Mary Margaret and Emma in her quest to find the entrance to Storybrooke Meanwhile, in order to protect Henry from further danger, Regina and Mr. Gold must put David's life in jeopardy in an attempt to put him in contact with Mary Margaret across the lands to give her vital information that could help her and Emma return to Storybrooke. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. We are the Narrators 3. The moral of this episode is, hey writers, do better! You can find us on anchor.fm slash
1: once upon a rewatch. Talk fairy tales with us on Twitter at once upon rewatch, on Instagram at once upon rewatch,
2: on Tumblr at once upon a if you enjoy
1: Once Upon a Rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your platform of choice.
0: Our artwork for the podcast was done by Ruru. that's L-A-I-C-H-I-R-U-R-U at twitter.com.
2: This podcast uses material from episode-specific pages on the Once Upon a Time wiki at Fandom and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.
0: And we want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro music is Fairy Tale Waltz. And remember, all plot devices come with a price. Thank you for turning in... Oh, thank you... <laughs> Thank you for turning in Spencer so he can pay. Pay, pay. With his (laughs) life. God, I
2: wish.
1: Yeah.